Welcome back to Splunk Talk, the podcast that's all Splunk and no junk. I am your host, Birch. I'm Hal. And we have a special guest today, Robin Berry. Hi. Hello, Robin. How Hello, are you? Hello, Robin. Thanks for joining us. You know, I'm pretty excited to be here. You and are. I want to just say, you're all, you were like, oh, it's, it's just a podcast. And like, I show up here at the Splunk studio, I'm like, this is the real deal. It's the real <laughs> so, deal, yeah. We get excited, excited because... This is a hobby. This is a side passion, passion project. of us, right? Yeah. And it's just a podcast for us. And then you get to Vegas, and it's Vegas. It's, it's real. It's yeah. big. It's and like amped up. All this great support from uh, marketing with the studio. It's yeah. It's pretty amazing. Nice. Exciting. So, so welcome to our show. Yeah, thank you. Um, we, uh, we know that you work on like the domain of emerging technologies. Um, one of the things we always like to do when we have a guest is to go over your, what we stupidly call your orange story, which I once mispronounced origin uh, story as orange story. Orange. Um, so yeah, we'd love to hear how you got to this desk today. Okay. Well, I want to take us back a little bit to yes. uh, when I grew up. So. Okay. I was, you know, I was a pretty joyful, happy kid, loved to explore, and my early years were in Ohio. Oh. And when I turned 10, my parents told my two brothers and myself, like, hey, we're moving to New Jersey. Okay. And unlike other kids, I was like, this is gonna be great. Oh, I'm okay. gonna have friends in two locations. Like, like, <laughs> I'm loving it, friends plus plus, right? And so <laughs> I go to the first day of school at my new school. Where in Jersey? Uh, in northern New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so I walk like into... Jersey City? <laughs> no, Actually, that's, uh, that's by, by Manhattan. No, I love that yeah, response. It was, Thank it you. It was pretty far north. It's called okay. Upper Saddle River. Okay. okay. Oh. So, uh, so pretty close to the city. And so I walk into the classroom. The teacher introduces me to the class. And then she says, pick a place to sit. And the kids had clumped all their desks together into small groups. And all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, whoa. Oh, this is like ooh. political. The, the clicks were right. Right, exactly. I feel so, like I'm picturing the movie Mean Girls, where she's like walking through the lunchroom. Yeah. And, yeah. It's like, I got to pick the right group. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, I went from, I was like, whoa, I was not prepared for this. And so I, I left feeling pretty uneasy about that situation. And I was like, you know, maybe. Instead of just this happy-go-lucky thing, I should try to be a little proactive, do a little planning. And okay. so thus was born <laughs> Planner Girl. Okay. Oh. So she is my yang to my exploratory yin. And uh, so she now, did really you learn about Agile boards back then? <laughs> no, okay, no I would say that was more recent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, so what I ended up doing from there, like Planner Girl, she's action-oriented. She loves to plan all the things to perfection, even though we know planning always goes out the window when reality yeah. hits. But at least we've planned. Yeah. And so fast forward, I get a degree in business management and learn about my love and passion about computers, writing code after that. And I ended up doing, um, spending a lot of my time in the open source community. I mm -hmm. loved it, like this petri dish of ideas and people. Anybody oh, can get involved. Yeah. So it's exciting. I love it. It's very open, uh, as it's 
aptly named. And so, but still, in that environment, there's quite a bit of chaos. So like planner girls like stepping in. It's like, I'm not just going to write code. I want to make sure we deliver you know, the best API documentation that we're actually enabling developers to use this code and, and so on and so forth. And so I kind of brought that to what we do uh, at Splunk today. And so I am a product leader in the platform organization. I lead an area called AI and strategic incubation. So Ooh. that includes AI, includes the Edge Hub, uh, Splunk AR, and Splunk Mobile. So right. it's a very exciting place to be, and uh, I'm pretty thrilled to be here at Splunk. I want to hear about all of those things, <laughs> but after two items. Right. Number one, um, it, what, what was the job title you shared? It was AI. Oh, I, technically, Senior Director of Product Management is my official title. Oh, what were the words that you used before? Oh, AI, AI and Strategic Incubations. Okay, I couldn't help but connect the Petri dish with incubation. That was yes. delightful. Yeah. Um, but more <laughs> interesting, could you go back to the part about your degree? Yeah. Or what, d did you get a... Are you a not a te traditionally technical? I do not have person? a computer science degree. Go on. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when I was in school, I only um, flunked out twice, for the record. Really? As a comparison, how many times did you flunk out? Uh, it felt like every I day. I set the bar way down here. Yeah. So I feel bad did you for doing college? well. I, I, I fill out this some college field. I had trouble in college, but grad school I matured a lot, and I was like. Okay. One of top of the class kind it, of things, it, yeah. It, it works out in the end, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I went to, uh, be, I became a, a adjunct professor at Emory University, so like, I was like, it worked out at the end. Wow. But, but what was your path like? Yeah. Well, uh, in school it was everywhere, because I, I, I was one of those kids that came in kind of like, gee, I don't know what I'm going to do, right? And so... I came in uh, focused on marine biology. I ended up in the music school. I played piano as a kid, and uh, but the music program there so you have was attention issues. I appreciate that. What's that? You have attention issues. I appreciate. That. <laughs> well, you know, I think I was pretty active, and yeah. I just did yeah. a lot as a okay, kid. Awesome. And so, when I was in college, I was like, well, I'm not going to get too picky too fast, right? And I did glance at the computer science program in the school and I was like, I don't know, maybe, you know, but I just, there wasn't a lot of push. It's not mm. like anyone pushed me away, but no one kind of like pushed me toward a more technical degree. And so well, I, what was your passion at the time? What led, I mean, music was probably one. Music or? was a passion uh, and uh, the environment. So okay. I was very focused on environmental protection. Uh, I joined the student environmental organization there. We ran all sorts of programs like um, we got the cafeterias to stop using, well, they still use styrofoam cups, but you could bring in your own mug and they would okay. fill it oh. with Coke, water, whatever yeah. you wanted, right? And it it was months of negotiating. <laughs> and that's where well, you're you... fighting up against big styrofoam there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was great. They figured out they could make it happen. And yeah. mm -hmm. um, so it was great to implement a real program like that that made a difference. So um, you ended up getting, what was your actual degree? And well, if you don't it's mind in saying. business administration and management. Okay. So, um, and that happened because I wanted to get done with school. I was like, I'm done messing around. I'm going to get out as fast as I can. And I had a desire to, to kind of move into running my own business. I was like imagining a future state there. And I was like, that could be something that happens. Having a business degree will help. So 
Uh, so that's where I got my degree. And then I landed my first jobs at a legal law firm, at uh, consulting agencies that did like environmental consultation. And uh, I learned a ton uh, about chemistry and all of these things, but I was always the one fixing the computer problems. Oh, interesting. And that just kept growing, Aimed and I started, around. and I became like this like Microsoft Power user, and then I was like, I'm bored, I wanna do more. And I met a couple C++ programmers, and they're like, you got the brain for writing code. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I had this Texas Instrument laptop, it was like this thick. And it had Windows something terrible on it. And I just threw it out and I put an open source Linux distro on it. And Do you recall which distro? Caldera, open okay. Caldera or right. something like that. Her it's story checks out. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, Slackware, what was yours first? Well, My first PC? No, your first Linux distro. Yeah. Oh. Well, let's uh, let's okay. Not, next topic. Yeah, next topic. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's, it was pretty late. It was CentOS on like virtual boxes before right. like Docker was easy to run. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's fine. Yes. It's yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm a Windows guy. <laughs> <laughs> Windows has come a long way. So, it, it has uh, come a long way I'm since I started. Off. Actually, I'm an OS2 and OS2 Warp guy originally. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so that that's what. Uh, you you fell into technology, but sort of just following the fun. Yeah, exactly. And and happened to meet the right kinds of programmers who had, who opened the, the idea to like the world of Linux and therefore open source. So mm. then I started to understand some very important programming principles based on those kinds of backgrounds. So, And how really did you it. get to, to Splunk specifically? So I was leading the engineering team at Rokana, which ah. was acquired by Splunk in 2017. Yep. So, uh, so I came through an acquisition and I have had just such an amazing journey here. Yeah. Like Splunk. So I, you knew Thor and Mal? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Okay. So I worked with Thor and Mal and Eric Sammer and oh, yeah, you Sammer. know a whole bunch of them. So. Yeah. Uh, so joining Splunk, shepherding the team in, like going, that was a huge experience. Like what it means to be a startup, to be acquired, help the team kind of land safely. So how, how big was Rakana at that time, roughly? Well, the engineering team. This big. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Measured in cubits, please. <laughs> That's perfect. So engineering team that joined Splunk was 16. Okay. And, uh, and you know, we just kind of got settled in and, you know, but it wasn't long, like, the team was so cool. Like, they're like, oh, we're gonna use the Splunk color palette and like redid the UI in a, you know, a couple weeks, like a sprint, you know, and I was like, oh my God, these guys are yeah. amazing. So, um, and so on and so forth. Like, they just kinda took to what was happening at Splunk and uh, I was really proud of the team. Like, they just got settled in. So what quickly. would you say was one of the, the innovations or the, the strengths of, of the, what was done at Rakana and, and how did that bring forward? Did you see some of those evolutions or impact that y'all were able to have in Splunk later? I think one of the benefits of that acquisition was Splunk was really excited about stream processing at the time, and so that was one of the key factors I knew they were excited about. Um, I think they were just really interested in the team itself, too. The top talent, the talent on that yeah. team was amazing, and so to be able to bring them in 
and kind of you know give us a little extra power to to move and improve how we're doing ingest was really important at the time and still is today. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see something like edge processor, and that's like an evolution of how we do stream processing and and in time. Uh, real-time ingestion and things like that, so. So let's talk about some of your, your first projects after the Rakana phase, after oh yeah, the like acquisition. Interesting roles that you've had here before you got to this one, and then we will finally talk about the, the, <laughs> the cool new tech. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Um, so I first was just leading the team, but it wasn't long before um, I was asked to, to kind of bring together everything we were doing around ingestion here at Splunk. So, it was, I think the group was called Data Availability at the time, and so that included all the technical add-ons, the forwarders, um, you know, just everything that we were doing there. So that was huge, and I, I really loved working on that. You know, that edge of, uh, you know, of Splunk, if we don't get that data in, what do we have, mm. you know? Like, we've got to have it. So for me, it was a, a real passion to be able to focus on that. Um, and then, you know, things grew from there. I, uh, for a while, was leading the observability team. So uh, that was also right after SignalFX was acquired. And so I think, again, like having gone through that experience of going, going through an acquisition and helping another team land okay, uh, a sense. much bigger team with existing products and a sales team, right? Like there was a lot going on there. Oh, you're um, like, I've been on this journey, follow uh, me. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> I mean, hopefully they accepted my wisdom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't know, but, um, but I think, you know, I really loved working with that team. They're, they really have, and still to this and you day. you were primarily, if I understand, the, on the engineering management and leadership side. That's right. Before moving into the product. That's right, so I've side. been okay. a senior director of engineering here at Splunk for most of my time, uh, and then just recently moved into product management. And you know that came about, I think people make this shift and they kind of move from role to role, and I love that here at Splunk. Oh, yeah. I've met more and more people. They, go from engineering, product management, they're out in sales, they come back, right? Like, that's so fantastic to be able to do that at a company like Splunk, you know, just great people working here. Yeah. Great I, I way to grow your thing. career is to be at a growing company. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. So what, what were some of the changes that you found and what's different in product than engineering? Mm. I mean, in prin <laughs> okay. you know, the principles of the things are different. Let's talk about preparing for .conf, because okay. like, I had no idea. I, like, I was like, where did the product managers go as an engineering leader? Like, you know, you just- Oh, because everyone yeah, just disappears as Well, conf. they do, and they don't really disappear, but they're just hunkered down, yeah. and a lot of what we're doing on the product management side is working with marketing, making sure we're pulling together all the awesome work our engineering teams have done and present in a way that's authentic for the, you know, for the whole audience um, and then pulling all these sessions together and so on. So um, I've learned now just what the undertaking is from the product management perspective and I loved it. Like it was, it's fast paced and, uh, and then you get to kind of see it all uh, arrive and happen and that part's really exciting. So. Let's talk about if there's anything interesting <laughs> that you work on today. There's this little thing we're talking about. This has the about. plastic covering if, if the, Maybe the glare we, looks unflattering. Maybe we can show the, the box. Yeah. Is that better? So this is the Edge Hub. It's the Splunk Edge Hub, and um, this is pretty exciting, and we're, I think what customers might think about here is like, gee, do I really need something like this? I don't know, but if you were really trying to think about 
understanding your physical environment and how that might relate to data you already have in Splunk, like you could start doing that kind of correlation. So that's why one of our- and That's yeah. like the power, that, that was my aha moment for yeah. Splunk years ago was like, I can now correlate otherwise disparate data. Right. Things that, uh, you know, uh, and I think I've talked with you before about like imagine a, an yeah. assembly line and you know, every day you don't notice it, but over a massive data set, you start to see that around noon, I'm making something up, but like around noon, the yield isn't as good. And you wouldn't have known that day in and day out, but when you look at over a, a larger data set over, you know, you start to, and then, well, why is that happening? And you have something like Edge Hub that's picking up vibration, and it turns out, oh, that's when the supply trucks are coming in. And so the vibration generated yep. by unloading all the raw materials into the, the floor the, the yield, the is actually causing more imperfections hmm. on the assembly line. And like these are the kind of things that you can't do when you're just looking at the assembly line. But mm -hmm. when you have large data set over you know massive scale and correlating it with things you could never connect it to, like that's to me that's awesome. I am pretty excited about that aspect of it, and so. Whether you're thinking about a factory floor or your data center and understanding what's the temperature, what's the humidity in that, you know, right? And, and just kind of helping uh, all of our Splunk users really figure out how to solve whatever is, you know, coming at them and, and do it quickly and on the edge. So, you know, this is also on your factory floor. So you're walking right up and you can see what's happening. I mean, I loved Joel's demo yesterday, yeah. you know, and they're like showing it on the big screen, you know? So, <laughs> Um, it's just really cool that you can get it instantaneously, but then also do the kind of analytics work. Uh, so we've never done hardware later. before. Um, what are some of the learnings that you that you mm. kind of found that the team had to you know come to, to grasp with you know over that time? Right. Period? We've been making software for twenty years. Yeah. And t-shirts for twenty years. It's a kind of hardware. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, true. <laughs> uh, well, I think. One of the things that's great about the Edge Hub team is they had that experience already. So they already knew the amount of work it took to work with vendors and make sure they were doing the proper work. The actual you know, like development. Like those, those little logos on the back that's printed on the device, there's some FCC label or whatever, those types of things. Yeah, we're, That involves months and months of work. Right. To get that, la that label that lets you ship exactly. the thing. Yep, so, and we make, you know, we're making sure that the Splunk logo is correct and all of those aspects. So there's a lot of work we're doing in overseeing it, but the actual manufacturing is done by a separate company. So, um, so we're really here to How focus. How strategic. No, I mean, that's like clever, right? Like yeah. that's not our core competency. Exactly. So another company is going to do that. Yeah, that's smart. You got it. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Birch. <laughs> you said better than Sorry, I Sorry, I'm could. like thinking out loud. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, so, you know, so we really focus on the fact that, you know, people can start using Splunk right away. They can buy, you know, one or as many devices as they feel they need to get things set up correctly and work with our partners to do it. So it's a really interesting venture for Splunk and I think we're seeing a ton of excitement. And I don't know if you all get to the pavilion, mm -hmm. There's an Edge Hub Central location, and I do want to make. Really, uh, I'm surprised we didn't just call it the Edge Hub. 
Um, Virch, I'm, I'm not in charge of the naming of things. <laughs> no, uh, but Edge Hub Central is actually the name of the company uh, that where you can do the purchasing. So oh, you know, cool. partners will go in, they'll say I need to purchase you know, 50 devices and take care of that for our customers, get it installed and do the work um, so it gets up and running quickly. Um, but over there, I do recommend checking out what the partners are showcasing as their uh, solutions. And we have a special demo using Splunk AR and the Edge Hub. So if you're really I love curious. That one. I love that one. Yeah. yeah. You can, did you try it? I mean, well, I was I there mean, last night. It was I, so I only fun. know what happened back in January. So capabilities since January, I have no clue. So I'm going to be surprised by what they've done. Since oh, yeah. It's fantastic. So, um, so Edge Hub's doing... Just great so work. So you've got the AR team, you have the Edge Hub team. That's right. Um, the product responsibility, and what else? You've got more in your portfolio. Well, AI right. AI and ML. So it's AI and ML. So think machine learning toolkit, the Splunk AI assistant that Min was talking about today and Faya showed in more detail, um, the anomaly detection app. Uh, so there's a bunch of work going on there. And then, you know, I'm also thrilled about the machine learning team because we're partnering with security and observability too. Mm -hmm. So we talk, we have these apps so people can get that experience right away or try it out, like the anomaly detection app. You don't have to be a data scientist. It's like click some buttons and like it starts working. So that, I love making it easy for people to get started and start mm -hmm. to realize like, okay, like now what am I getting? I could go further with this. And so it gives them a chance to start figuring out how to use these tools to solve their problems. But we're also integrating across the whole portfolio, and I think that's what really matters here. We don't want it to be uh, just off on the side. We want it to just make everybody's you know, day-to-day -day interactions easier, uh, get to the answer faster, right? Help them move and take action more quickly, things in like the, that. In the broadcast just before you joined, we were talking about uh, AI uh, AI specifically, but it, what you're saying is true for ML as well. Like yeah. I was saying, it 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 kind of. We talked about I, the Terminator. Yeah, we're yeah, all we gonna die. I I was saying, it, it, in my mind, it's like it, we're democratizing some of these more complex things, so less technical people can get these very otherwise technical answers and value out of the product. Which reminded Hal of our our former company uh, mission, yeah. you know, of making machine data usable, accessible, and valuable to everyone. Um, and it's, it's just really intriguing. Like, we've, we've had the app for machine learning for a while, right? And people could do some incredible things with that. And the more that the PhD, it doesn't have to be the sole person to implement. And, and the more we're seeing, like, oh, an average user can, can use these features to get insights. It's really exciting. It really is. And that's what I always wanted for Splunk and Splunk's customers. It's like, it's a complex world out there, so what can we do to make it a little bit easier for them, right? Um, just, you know, all the, whatever, their, the number of threats and vulnerabilities that are out there, um, you know, anything we can do to kind of make it just a little bit simpler, I think is the right direction for us to go. So um, do, you know, maybe yeah. we could kind of finish on, on some of the directional things that, that the team are, are going to be working on in terms of, we heard men talk about the principles, um, let's see, human in the middle, um, and we had two others embracing, you know, kind of extending the platform, and I think open and extensible, uh, open and extensible. I think those are the principles so that there, I recall. So, yep, uh, pretty close. There was the domain specific. Thank and, you. Yep. Okay. So, so, what do any of those mean for you, and, and how is that going to shape things going forward? 
Well, before we go there, I do just want to touch on mobile, just in case. Oh, sure, uh, do. <laughs> uh, people, you know, might not be thinking about it, but it's just as essential. And I'm thrilled that, you know, you can still, like, you need to have easy access to your dashboards or get an alert like on your phone and then kind of get to the computer and like take action. Um, so that is something that's available for all of our customers today. So really hope that they take advantage of that along with everything else that we're offering. But for the future here, and you know, what I think really matters of those principles, the number one is making sure when we're implementing something like generative AI, we're doing it in a very safe way. So like governance. We were just talking about that. Yeah. Oh great, yeah. data provenance, all of those things that are, are essential and we know our customers care so deeply about privacy and, and mm -hmm. you know, compliance on all of those things. So we want to make sure we're doing it right. Um, and then the human in the loop, I think, is just essential as well. So we're not here to try and take decisions away. It's more like, let's just help you, you know, get you to the right set of recommendations. I mean, um, it's hard to fully staff out your SOC with the analysts you need for the size of your business. Everyone is always stressed about the, you know, the workload and all the alerts and dealing with these exactly. things. So there's a lot we could do there. I think so. And I, I mean, I hope that the way people can see this in a positive light is, Something like generative AI could help uh, someone who's new to the SOC get up and running, right? Where a more experienced person is now kind of allowed, has the more opportunity to sit back, look at the strategic decisions they need to be making, not always fighting the fires, right? So we kind of need that, the, both of those things um, so that you know, these businesses can be successful. I always think about it like, um, and it's, it's a similar paradigm to like, oh, technology is coming and it's going to you know, automate some things that we do. And like, sure, and now you can move up the value stack and like provide yeah. more of that beautiful brain you know, and instead of having your time be consumed by some things that aren't adding as rich of a, a value for you. Yeah. yeah. And, and this isn't new, right? This has yeah. been happening since, I don't know, fire? Farming, you know, like no, this it's is true. This and is just a journey that we're on as a human race. Absolutely, and Burge, as you were saying that, it just brought me back to why I started writing code in the first place. I was tired of repeating things. Oh yeah. I was like, oh my god, like someone automate this, right? You know, yes. and and I was like, oh, I guess oh, I'll do it. Oh, that's someone's me. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. So that's that. that's what it comes down to. I think I think we have yeah we have brains that can do a ton, and so if we can free them free up some space in our, in our own creativity, like wow, I love doing that. Are there um, any particular talks or, or things happening here at Conf that you want to highlight, um, encourage people to go, whether they're here on site or they're going to catch replays later? For sure. Uh, I don't know that I'll remember their official names. That's fine. <laughs> but definitely I would catch, um, there are a couple sessions on the Edge Hub. So they'll be kind of showing how it's used in like very specific use cases. So I'd take a look for those. And then we have, we have one on machine learning toolkit, which our most recent release had this you know, new capability where you can actually import your own data model. So you could train outside of Splunk, but then deploy in Splunk. Oh. And so just so much going on there. So there's, you know, I love everything the team's working on, so I don't know, I don't want to say I have favorites, <laughs> um, but check them all out, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm happy. I'm very I'm happy. To, oh good, you too. To spend time with yeah. you. Yeah, this is wonderful. <laughs> well, Robin, thank you very much. Um, Hal, thank you very much. Oh, I appreciate it. I w anytime, man. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to get out there and, and go check out uh, all the stuff at the pavilion, go check out some of the sessions that we talked about. Um, again, there's going to be more content on this site, conf.splunk.com. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, we don't, will, for, don't forget, we do a, a podcast also. We also do a podcast. Um, and so we will be back on Thursday to, to review uh, along with the keynote that closes the, the event. Yep. Um, and then we will continue Splunk talking. Uh, throughout the year like we normally do. So awesome. with that, uh, thank you all and have a wonderful conf.